0: Kiona, Koto, everyone. Welcome to Queen Live podcast. Um, it's Tuesday. Oh, my God. Yes. I think it's Tuesday. Um, and I laugh because I'm like, it's still 2020. We know that. Um, I'm here with the awesome Jesse Wong, who is founder of Yume, um, understated luxury leather. And you are in, you're in Wellington. Wellington? Yes, I am. Yes. Yep. Welly. Windy welly. Um, and I always start these podcasts by asking, how are you? And then, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> answer that as you want, wish. Well, kia
1: ora. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Very excited to chat to you. Um, I'm great and I'm a mix of things, um, but I think most of the time also mainly pretty happy. There's a lot going on this year, so I suppose it's a hard one to answer. It depends. If you ask me at three AM, or if you ask me just after I've eaten, you know a halloumi veggie wrap, and I'm pretty happy. Yeah,
0: pretty much, pretty much. Um, And so we we tried to meet up a few weeks ago, and then levels changed, and worldwide pandemic is around. Um, How how is business for you? How how is how is how is everyone feeling? Because I I assume as as an employer, you're kind of managing staff and anxiety Mm -hmm. as well as your business right yes well I think
1: I mean your business is always um only as good as the people yeah and a feeling and so that was the number one thing when we were in lockdown uh the level four the first the first one the big one the one that you know we all talk about um was really keeping connected with the team and trying to build that morale and I think you know by the end of lockdown we had a few projects um that we were working away on that um, had a lot of success and I think that boosted um, everybody's spirit and really brought us together this year. So um, yeah, really good. Like it's been an interesting year, but it's caused a lot of change within the company, a bit of growth, um, doing things slightly differently. And it's all, it's all exciting.
0: Yeah, totally. And then you launched Club You which was I sat in for your first drinks. It was awesome. You were just oh, yeah. like, We've got all these people together, but we're all virtual. What what yeah. was that? Was that an, an an adding to the community that you want to grow for the future?
1: Yeah, well, the community is not new. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. Um, since I started UMAi and Dunedin and Everybody kind of knew someone who had a bag named after them or knew me. And the South Island in particular is one of those places, Angel Divine in Queenstown, they were our third stockist and yeah. it just sort of Woo. grew from Dunedin, Monica, Queenstown, um, up the North Island. Uh, so it was all word of mouth to begin with. So the community itself um, and Club UMA is just a manifestation and a formalisation of, you know, those kind of people who do champion... The brand and beyond, and um, yes, the digital drinks was um, us kind of realizing after lockdown in our archive sale that people were still there. We just couldn't physically see them, so um, how could we bring everyone together? And the digital drinks was just a bit of fun. It's just a bit silly, really. <laughs> but there were seven hundred people there, you know, so yeah, I think I everybody took something away from it.
0: I was laughing because my husband was going, "What the hell are you watching?" <laughs> Just having a giggle with all these people I don't know, and he's like, "Okay, carry on."
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was really nervous before, so I, you know, we'd all had a few wines, um, a little pre pre game to the to the show. So yeah, love it was it. Fun. I love it.
0: So in terms of your, so I watched your beautiful video a couple of months ago um, about the kind of. China aspect of your business which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. um it's really interesting to me because my my husband's Chinese so my child is half Chinese Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um and we were chatting this morning about one the the future of the um kind of where our stuff comes from and is made and how that's changing Mm -hmm. and shifting in terms of movement of product now um Mm -hmm. But also that beautiful way that you talk about being connected to that part of the world and how it's really important to you and how you um, you want to change the perception of what people think about Made in China as and is. Yeah. Has that shifted again since this this 2020? Has, has that changed again for you? Um, no. No, it
1: has. Oh. I mean, we definitely... I guess now more than ever are so thankful to have that partnership that we do in place with our manufacturers and um, I've written things on it. I think it's just, if anything, COVID has really amplified some of the problematic aspects of how people, um, you know, talk around the subject of Made in China and and things like that. I mean, you know, at the beginning, of COVID in January, nobody really thought, because it was happening in China, it was just a very abstract place to a lot of people. Um, It wasn't real, it was a joke, there were memes, it was not um, given, I, I guess, the kind of time and attention and concern that it got when it hit Italy and the US and a lot of other places that people really identified with, you know, you've yeah. probably been on holiday to Italy, but not that many people will have been on holiday to China. So yeah, it was, um, I think it was just amplified some of those you know, concerns and topics that I've been talking about before.
0: And do you think that that perception is, is changing, especially for businesses who don't do Made in China well? um what do you mean from a consumer
1: perspective I mean
0: either from a consumer perspective but also from from when businesses are deciding where I want to know where my products are made right and lots Mm -hmm. of still don't do that they still Mm -hmm. don't investigate they don't invest they don't create a community about those people do you think that's changing because the world is now starting to look at well actually we can't One, we can't travel as much as we could. And actually, we probably shouldn't because we should think about it. Um, Do you think that's starting to shift even more now? Well, the glass half full
1: girl in me likes to say yes, um, (laughs) absolutely. And no, I think it is starting to shift like very slowly, slowly. I I do feel that there are quite a lot of brands that just... uh, using language like community and transparency that maybe aren't practicing what they preach or don't, you know, really truly live um, their values. But hopefully, I mean, I think consumers are super smart and they're just not going to um, be fooled by any of that. So, yeah, it'll the brands who truly live their values and create not only, I guess, um, great businesses with great purpose, but have, you know, social and environmental impact as well will be the ones that um, I think really go the distance in the long yeah, run. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and I also think that that video just showcased, you know, the the um, being connected to who those people are. And and I know, and I know that whole conversation about China. There's there's the racist element to it. The, mm-hmm. the shift in that, actually getting to know who makes these things is really important because they're also human beings. And I think we're kind of, there's like a block there for lots of people. I just buy this stuff and then it just gets thrown away. Um, when actually the people who, you you know, you're a, a beautiful business who showcases that stuff and makes that stuff. Um, it's really lovely for you to share that they are, that's human being, that actually mm-hmm. there's hands that make that
1: stuff. Oh, well, right? every, every, yeah, I know. And some people are like, oh, they're not you know people say that the most bizarre things about um like garments and products like oh is it like if it's made in China it's not handmade I'm like it's not like machines it's always still people there is no such thing as like a non-handmade yeah. bag really unless it's 3D printed or something that's not like within the common sort of way of um, producing but um yeah I mean like that's just It's an honour for us to work with the manufacturers that we do. And I never think of it like, oh, they're people too. Of course they're people, you know. They're all from villages that are quite close to my family. And um, they're respected globally for the work that they do. I mean, you can go to Lonea Palais in Milan, which is the Glebe Fair. And if you say um, the name of the guys that we work with, then, yep, we know such and such and yeah yeah there's a lot of mana around that so um yeah I think like it's just common sense really and I think that the education around supply chain is particularly important not just from a transparency point of view but just so that people understand when they buy a Yume bag you know it's that product stewardship is really important to care for it properly maintain its um kind of life cycle you know if you end up being done with it your needs change then it can come back to us and I think what gives that weight and importance is having the backstory of how long it took to become a product you know it was it had a life before it was um your bag and all the DNF needs to be very deeply respected you know we don't waste any scraps um all of the hands in the supply chain you know my team agonize over the edge painting and, and getting everything perfect um so I think you know that is something that is so special and really needs to be highlighted.
0: Yeah, totally. And I love it. You know, when you showed the little stories around the scraps that are going to be made into something else, and I'm like, what is she going to create now that I want? <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't. I always want and all of the colors, anymore. and then I'm like, oh, no, I can't.
1: There's, they're all different, so I can't, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I can't imagine your um, – do you, like – Do you have one of all of them or do you just go do you know what jesse it's gotta stop it's gotta stop at some point (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well we have an archive at work where we have all of them so i don't Uh, feel that
1: i need to take all of them home yeah um but i know i've got i mean i have a few bags (laughs) but also i um i have put a lot of my previous bags into our buyback program and our archive sales so whilst they're still one of everything, kind of fresh here, where I don't actually know if there's one of absolutely everything. I hope there is, but I don't yeah. think there is. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't hoard them at home uh, as much as I would love to. <laughs> I just simply do not have the wardrobe space.
0: I know totally and I thought of you the day so my my toddler is three and I remember doing this my mom told me about it so when you go when when you're like going from like two to three um a middle three they go through this process lots of them where they hoard stuff so you'll find that they'll they'll it's like a it's an actual developmental stage where they 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 take lots of things usually your keys and all your things that you need and they put them into bags and then they hide them around the house and it's a whole thing about control and I remember going through it and having, I was obsessed with bags when I was little, like really obsessed. My mum just laughed at it. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a gap in the market to get your own three-year-old you-may bag that you can <laughs> all your things
1: in. <laughs> We've made some of those for some of our friends who have little kids. Um, yeah. The miniature Brady bags. and things. Oh my God. So much.
0: So do you, Sorry, do you yes. kind of last question, I suppose, is ha- have you noticed that people's spending habits have changed or are those luxury items that you you know that you I think you have forever and then pass to someone else is is that is that shifted or changed or if people still are still investing in those things that they want to keep forever
1: well I think the sample amount of time is maybe a little bit too short still to have a really solid answer but um I think uh particular kind of customers mostly New Zealand largely New Zealand based um does still see the value in, you know purchasing something like a leather leather goods you know bag is something you need every day it kind of becomes a part of your story and um you know a picture of who you are and you know what you represent and what you you know you show that your values align with I guess you may if you wear a you may bag but um I think people are definitely still seeing the importance of buying, um, you know, products from brand, New Zealand brands. Um, so we haven't seen any drop off, but I mean, except for when our stores are closed, which is an obvious kind of, you know, can't do much about that.
0: You've you've not come to the, to work and found women crying outside your locked stores yet? <laughs> <laughs> Open up at any level. I need my bag. We have. I
1: mean, we changed our hours slightly. Um, in Wellington because our commercial base store changed its hours and it was just been like dark and bad weather and so we thought there's nobody going to be nobody um out in the early hours of the morning looking for a bag but we've had quite a few angry sort of (laughs) (laughs) messages like hey I was at your store at 10am and you weren't open you weren't open what are you doing had to to change that back. I didn't think anyone Uh, that's normally sort of 10 to 12 is sort of the most quiet and then it will really pick up from lunchtime onwards and people tend to do their shopping in the afternoon but yeah it was a funny one
0: totally um and before we go into your quick fire round I just want to say congrats on your women of influence nomination um thank you that's very exciting um I've been I was like waiting when they came out um and there's some really awesome people in there which is really cool to you yeah such really an excellent awesome. group
1: especially in the business
0: enterprise which is the one yeah,
1: yeah a couple cool. of my friends um are in there as well so it's really exciting it'll be a fun night and do you nominate some people for it
0: um I did and also I was just saying I hope that um it, it's actually a night where you can all be together like it'll be awesome to just be able to go be in a room with people and you know yeah, touch yeah. People and, and we've have to all
1: we've long. all requested the same table yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can yeah. put on your ticket who do you <laughs> want to sit with so all it's um brook Brooke and sonia from sharesies and we've all requested to sit on the same table and
0: we've all booked the same hotel and it's all yeah <laughs> it should be fun oh so cool very cool okay um are you ready for your quick fire round yes okay uh favorite new zealand biscuit I
1: uh, ginger nut.
0: See, Jesse can't be friends. Everyone knows how much I hate ginger nut biscuits. Oh, boy. And I, I fingers <laughs> crossed that people don't say it. So we I actually just had that a, that. a chocolate salted caramel <laughs> biscuit, but
1: I didn't think that was specifically in New Zealand. You know, there's always oh, tin tams are. at my parents' house, but I don't think they're New Zealand biscuits either.
0: I will let you off. Uh, something you want to learn? Mandarin. Uh,
1: what do you do, well? Um, what do, do well? <laughs> um, oh, well? What do I do well? well, what do I do well? So I don't know. This is not a very quick fire round. Oh, we're doing a bean growing competition at work at the moment, and mine, I think, is coming second at the moment, so broad bean growing. I'm going to just manifest career, that.: right? <laughs> <laughs> One thing you've tried and will never do again. Uh, bungee jump. Oh no, I'm not even gone there. Actually, I might do it again. I don't know. Should I jump out of a plane? I'm so scared yeah. of heights.
0: See, but... that's the thing. I would rather jump out of a plane than bungee jump. I'm like, what?
1: No, you're attached to something with a bungee jump. I know, but I don't want the like the pull. No,
0: just no. I think I'm just not going to do any of them no. anymore. But I think just stay on the ground. Uh, yeah. Hot bath or hot shower? Bath. Uh, what, favorite hot beverage. Um, filter coffee. Uh, um, and the one sitting right here. Yeah, that's what I like. And were you the type of girl who did your homework at the start of the school holidays or the night before?
1: Um. See, I have an answer on this. It's not going to sound very good, but at the end, but I would like spend the whole pre time to that, like processing it, and then be able to do things quite quickly in a focused amount of time. So I don't know. It doesn't sound very good. It sounds like you're leaving things to last minute, but I always felt that's how essays came together the best.
0: Well, you see, I always think this, and there's also that thing about um, the amount of tabs you've got open on your computer. My husband mm-hmm. has like 17 million and I close them all down at night and he's like, what are you doing? But um, he was also the person who did like 3 a.m. the night before school, did all his homework. And I'm like, oh, I definitely was, yeah. An, all nighter
1: yeah well oh, for sure like we even we've even done those at umay so you know and at uni all through uni all nighters. oh god no stresses me out <laughs> far
0: too much um, and
1: jesse what are you gonna go and do right now um we are doing a photo shoot for homestyle magazine so Amazing. that's why it's a little bit more tidy than normal
0: and um, thank you so much for your corridor and for your um time um chatting to us. Um we hope everyone is well in Wellington. Um and we will chat again really soon. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Really lovely to chat. Bye.
1: Bye.